morning. Peace be with you. Some quick uh, announcements this morning. Uh, excuse me here, Chris. We have uh, a couple of things I'd like to point your direction to. Number one is uh, the July uh, prayer list is out on the counter there in the yellow paper. So we're always looking for prayer warriors uh, that can come alongside and, and lift uh, others up. We also have a prayer chain that is through uh, email. And if you would like to be interested, or if you'd like to be interested, I'd like you to be interested. Hi, buddy. Uh, I'd like you to be interested in, in, in getting on it. But if you would like to be included in that list um, and as a prayer warrior, will you please see me and I'll make sure that you're on it. Um, and we can always use help uh, in the prayer chain too. So if you uh, like to pray and you don't mind being on the internet and sending out uh, emails a couple of times a week, again, would you see me and, and uh, we need a volunteer. That would be great. The next thing that I would like to bring your attention to is uh, this uh, pink sheet and there's a stack of those. And this is in regards to the Christoffersons. Um, and these are uh, a couple that uh, you've been supporting long before I was here. Uh, and they have a, <coughs> they have a, a letter that they are uh, sending out to us. And, and of course, they're looking for support uh, prayerfully and uh, financially as well. So would you be, take a look at this at the end? Um, this is really, they are the hands and feet of Jesus as far as going out into the all nations and uh, baptizing, uh, so making disciples. So please consider that. Uh, we also are going to be partnering with our sister church, Victory Outreach, and we have a really uh, wonderful opportunity to share uh, ministry with them for our community, and um, we have a backpack giveaway, and our church has committed to um, supplying up to $500 in um, uh, school supplies. We The backpacks are purchased, the school supplies are put in there, and the little ones are ready to go. And so we've committed up to $500. The reason that what we've done uh, for cash is that sometimes when we make a call out, for school supplies, we might get, I don't know, uh, 150 boxes of crayons and one pencil or, you know what I'm saying, these kind of things. So we felt that um, this would be a better use of our time were we to take up a collection So in, in order to put these backpacks in. Then what's going to happen is there will be kind of a, a festival atmosphere out in our parking lot here with booths and uh, food and uh, face painting for the little ones and just really fun stuff, a fun event. And the object is, is for each child that needs one will go home with a backpack being ready for school. So those are uh, things that we are doing and partnering with uh, in order to reach our community abroad. Is there anything else? I don't have Ed here to tell me. Anyone else? Did I miss anything? Yeah? I'm sorry? Oh, live screening? Yes, live screening coming in. You know, the live screening is it's for uh, $150, I think it is. And then if you, huh? $139. But if you mention Reformation Lutheran Church, there is a discount of a rebate to the church. 
And so, you know, that's, that's a good thing. So, um, and they, they screen your, your blood, your heart, your, what else are they doing on that? I mean, it's, it's a full carotid arteries. I just got that from Louie. She just did this. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a good thing. And that is happening on the 4th of August, correct? So, um, okay. And I think that's it. Probably time. Yes, Jewel. Jan Tubiola. Jewel went and saw Jan uh, yesterday and spent some time with her. Jan is back again from the hospital. She had open heart surgery, came home, had a fib, uh, which is, <laughs> I thought she was lying. That's when one of her kids said that too. When I saw the text, mom had a fib. It's like, what is she fibbing about? But anyway, a fib, the they have a unique uh, sense of humor over at that family. But she is back after three days down at Sand Canyon, and Jewel got a chance to visit her, and she is delightful and funny, and we're one of the kids there with you, too. Yeah, so um, she's doing great. She's, you know, just like she always was smiley, and um, she was wanting to come to church this Sunday, and uh, her kids said, Mama, no, uh, we need to pace ourselves on that one. But she's raring to go. And um, so, and she's taking visitors, so you can give her a call and so forth. So, okay, anything else? I'm looking at my buddy. Are we ready to get started? Let's get this show on the road. Okay, will you please stand in our opening hymn is Come Thou Almighty King on page 520.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you granted your prophets strength to resist the temptations of the devil and courage to proclaim repentance. Give us pure hearts and minds to follow your Son faithfully, even into suffering and death. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Amos, chapter 7, verses 7 through 15, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1428. Amos 7, 7 through 15. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built through the plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The high places of Isaac will be destroyed. And the sanctuaries of Israel will be ruined. With my sword, I will rise up against the house of Jeroboam. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words, for this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile, away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Get out, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there, and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of his kingdom. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. 
But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. We will read Psalm 85, verses 1 through 13, responsively. Please see page 6 of your bulletin. You, Lord, showed favor to the land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Faithfulness springs from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. The third reading, the epistle, is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1817. Ephesians 1. 3, four, 3 through 14. Praise be to God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of, it, of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made us known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth 
under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works ever out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Here ends our reading. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of Mark, according to the sixth chapter. Praise to you, O God. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. And still others claimed he is a prophet like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had bound him and put him in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she was not able to, to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came on his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried into the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. 
The man went, beheaded John into the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing this, John's disciple came and took his body and laid it in the tomb. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So wonderful to be back with you this morning. And uh, our sermon this morning comes from our epistle reading, uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. <clears throat> and now, may the heart, your eyes of your hearts be enlightened, that you may know the height and the breadth and the width and the depth of the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the movie, Back to the Future, released in 1985, Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox, and his eccentric scientist, Doc Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, used a futuristic DeLorean to go back to the future in the 1950s. You see, Doc Brown's experiment had gone awry. And Marty McFly and Doc Brown had to go back to the 1950s to make sure his parents fell in love so that Marty McFly would exist in the future. And in the sequel, uh, as they went back to the present time, they had found that Marty McFly's father had been killed, and Biff Tannen, Marty's chief nemesis, had profited. And after undercovering the secret of Biff's success that they found in a sports almanac from the future, Marty and Doc embarked on a quest to repair the damage that had been done. And even though they used a scientific discovery to try and fix the things that had gone awry. They speak to us today that they are mortal and finite creatures. And ever since the fall, we too realize that whatever we try and fix, well, it just fails as well. Anything we try to fix out of our own strength is nothing but sinking sand. However, God is immortal. God is omnipotent. He knows all things at once. God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at once. And he is the only one to fix the mess that we are in. And following our text this morning, if you want to look at chapter 2 of Paul's letter to Ephesus, Paul wrote, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, 
of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. The church at Ephesus was a strong church, both in life and practice and in doctrine. And that is why Paul, in his opening of his letter, prayed, as I prayed this morning, that their eyes of their hearts be enlightened, that they would know the height, the breadth, the width, and the depth of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Paul wanted to show them the greatness of who they are in Christ. But Paul, here in Ephesians chapter 2, reminds them who they once were apart from Christ. And likewise, we too must be reminded of who we were apart from Christ and who we will be and are in Christ. And this morning's text does just that. Please note that all of Paul's verbs are in the past tense. He states that you were dead in trespasses and sins. You did live in darkness. You did follow the lusts of your flesh. And according to original sin, we're children of wrath. Sometimes it's hard to remember the vile and heinous things that we did before we were Christians. Or maybe some of you followed the faith from a young child. But either way, we can all relate to Paul's words to the Romans, who says, on the one hand, I myself, with my mind, am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. This now brings us to our text this morning. You see, Marty and Doc were constrained to be physically present, either in the past or the present or in the future. However, God stands outside of time. As a matter of fact, God is the author of time. And in this morning's text, Paul demonstrates how God is outside of time and how his plan of salvation comes through to fruition through the work of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In verses 3 through 6 from our text, in the letter to Ephesians, we see the work of the Father. In verses 7 through 12, we see the work of his Son. And in verses 13 
and 14, we see the work of the Holy Spirit. Now in English, a good translation of the Bible gives you a nice colored TV picture of this. However, in the Greek, you get to see it in HD TV, high definition TV. You see in English, we have generally three verb tenses, the present, the past, and the future, right? Like make, made, or will make. But you see in the Greek, they have what they call an aorist tense of the verb. And in the aorist tense of the verb is like putting all three of these together into one verb tense. So in other words, you have the past, the present, and the future all in one tense. And it's not so much in regards to time, but into God's action towards you and towards your salvation. Again, to reiterate, Paul wants the church of Ephesus and us to know the greatness of what it means to be in Christ and also the magnificent working of the Holy Trinity who brings salvation to you. In verse 3, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Although you were dead in your trespasses and sins, through the gift of faith, God has blessed you in the past, in the present, and in the future of all his spiritual gifts in the heavenly places. It's like God has given you a giant warehouse and everything in it is yours. Every single thing in every aisle and in every shelf, it's all yours. The only problem is, is that we live here now in the present. We can only experience those gifts by going aisle by aisle and shelf by shelf but it's still all yours. He has blessed you with every spiritual gift. Every single one. He has not left one out. It's all yours. And then he goes on in verse 4. He says, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. God has chosen you. You did not choose him. He chose you. And not only did he choose you, he chose you before the foundations of the world were even formed. He set his heart and his affection upon you. And he sets his heart and affection upon you now. And he will continue to set his heart 
and his affection upon you in the future. And that you are holy and blameless in him because God sent his son here to the cross to die for you. And through the gift of faith, God has now taken his robe of righteousness and wrapped it around you. And so God looks at you as being holy and blameless because of what Christ did on the cross for you. And then in verse 5 and 6, Paul goes on to say, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestows on us in the beloved. According to the kind intention of the Father's will, he predestined you before the foundation of the world in both the future, the now, and the yesterday. The Father, as he says here, freely bestowed. Freely. He didn't grudgingly gave it to give it to you. He freely gave it to you. And he gave it all to you. As I had mentioned earlier, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is yours. And he will freely bestow it upon you in your future as well. And it's all because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. Paul in another place says, where grace, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. He continues on verse 7 and 8. He says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. You see, in God's perfect wisdom and insight, he says he lavished upon you his grace. Another aorist tense verb where he lavished on you in the past his grace, he's lavishing on you this morning, today, his grace, and he will lavish on you in the future as well. He just didn't sprinkle a little bit of grace. He lavished it on you. It's like a levee overflowing. The, the water, the levee can't contain God's grace. He has lavished it upon you according to his kind intention. God is not an ogre. God 
speaks kindly of you. He speaks kindly of you because he loved you so much that he sent his only beloved son to this cross to die for you. We have redemption in Christ through his blood. He loved you so much that Christ voluntarily went to the cross to redeem you and I from all sin and from the ultimate death. We have Christ's further action in our letter this morning. Verse 11 says, In him we have also obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. He works all things according to his will, his counsel for the good, especially those of the household of faith. And he has given you an inheritance. You obtained it, again, going back to the heiress tense, you obtained it in the past. You're obtaining it now. And you will obtain it in the future. And this inheritance is not going to rust. It's not going to burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. Your inheritance is like gold, precious gems and stones that will withstand the judgment because Christ was already judged for you. And now you have an inheritance that will last for all eternity and you will be co-reigning with Christ in his glory in the near future. Lastly, we have the work of the Holy Spirit towards your salvation. Verse 13, in him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. You see, the Holy Spirit 
has worked in you in the past is working in you now as we speak and will continue to work in you in the future. You listened, you believed, and you were sealed. And the promise, the promise that you were sealed is right here in front of you in your baptismal font. God has put his seal upon you. His forgiveness and has washed you and cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And through the promise of the gospel and being sealed by the Holy Spirit, God has pronounced you his bride as you wait, await for your holy matrimony for the bridegroom for all eternity. And not only this, God has given you a pledge of first fruits, a guarantor of his Holy Spirit. A guarantor that heaven awaits you. He's already given it to you. You already have it now. And you will ultimately have it in the future. All of these aorist tense verbs that Paul gives to us this morning is something that you already had, that you have, and that you will have. And in a moment, one thing that's not in the text is God has pledged to meet you here at the altar where Christ has promised to feed you, to nourish you, to strengthen you. He's promised to be here each and every Sunday in, around, and under, and through bread and wine that you may taste on your lips that you are forgiven. This is his pledge to you every Sunday, right here at the altar. Marty and Doc signified the finite creatures that we are. But God's word is not high definition television. It is unchanging as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. In the name of Jesus, amen. We now continue with the hymn of the day.
Let us now join together in the universal creed that the church proclaims throughout the world. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please pray with me. Dear Lord God and Heavenly Father, we, your faithful, come before you to praise your holy name on this Sabbath day as you commanded us. We love and fear you, Holy Father, for your infinite power, infinite knowledge and wisdom, and infinite mercy towards us. We thank you for forgiving our faults, failures, and sins against you because of the sacrifice of your only Son, Jesus our Savior. And we thank you for blessing our nation for over 240 years. We know, Father, that while you forgive our sins through Jesus, that you act to correct our errant ways as you did with your chosen people thousands of years ago. As some of our citizens in their arrogance and foolishness act to remove you from our governance and give heed to the hateful voices of atheists, agnostics, and other unbelievers, we witness the fruits of these actions in our daily news. We pray that you would spare our nation from the lessons of the past described in Holy Scripture when your chosen people turn from you to worship other gods. Holy Spirit, we pray you help the misguided among us see the truth of your ways and repent, and also that we, your faithful, will forgive them. We pray for our leaders in government and those who seek it. Lord, save us from corruption, liars, self-absorbed and hateful people. Guide us to calm our national anger and to think reasonably and mercifully. Please lift up, lift up before us wise persons of integrity, honesty, moral strength, character, and compassion to lead, legislate, or judge our nation's citizens as we move into the future. We know we ask for a miracle, but also know you will provide whatever we ask in Jesus' name if it is for our good and serves your purposes. We praise and thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being within and around us to establish our faith in Jesus and for keeping it strong. We also thank you, Holy Spirit, for providing a comforting presence in difficult times, of which today there are many, and for encouragement and the knowledge that the Holy Trinity, our God, always stands with us even into eternity. Lord, we pray for safe travel for all but especially for those in our congregation who are or will be traveling at this time. Please keep them safe and bring them home to their loved ones. Thank you, Lord, for protecting and sparing the young soccer players and their coach in Thailand, who had become trapped in a flooded cave. 
Thank you for providing the will and cooperation among all those who risk their own lives to save these young people and the good news we all embraced upon their successful rescue. Father, you know that one Thai Navy SEAL sacrificed his own life to provide critical oxygen to those trapped. His actions and sacrifice were in accordance with your divine commandments and definition of the greatest love and were a great example of selflessness to the rest of the world. We pray that whatever his mortal fate, that you would welcome him home into your presence. Thank you, Father, for enabling us to serve your purposes in whatever we do, wherever we are, and especially for those you have called to serve you and us, your children, as their profession. We pray for your continued blessings, wisdom, and strength for our Pastor Ken Whitney and his family. We also pray the same for Pastor Chris Gallagher and his family and Pastor Mitch and his leaders. We thank you for Holy Scripture, your inspired word, written down for our understanding of you and what you expect of us. Though they were made simple for everyone, we have complicated them in our typical fashion. Please open our hearts and minds to your holy message and instructions for our lives. We also pray for those various Christian pastors, priests, and bishops who suggest rewriting scripture to suit today's political correctness. Please redirect their well-intentioned but ignorant and arrogant efforts. You know that your word needs no rewrites. We pray for our president and all world leaders, allies and enemies alike, for wisdom, tolerance, deference, and rational behavior. Lord, please encircle our military forces in your omnipotent protective embrace and also protect our police, firefighters, and other first responders. We pray for all who suffer, that they would be comforted, healed, and made whole again. We give thanks for those who provide care to those in need. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers spoken aloud or kept deep in our hearts. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us as we sing. In them we now have ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of the excellence of your love and grace. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that it is often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not
you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing song is Day by Day.